0: This podcast is a production of Schweitzer, a United Methodist Church. Transforming lives by making disciples of Jesus Christ. Today we're talking about how to live uh, without lying. But I want to shake it up a little bit in terms of starting out with some truth. And uh, on the front of your Pray, Study, Grow material, there's four scriptures there that speak about truth. Because this is where I'm starting the message in this hour. Because we just have been singing about this reality of living in the truth and in the peace and this relationship with God and running into His arms. And it's interesting, when the Scripture talks about truth, it's talking about more than just honesty or integrity or being truthful. It's talking about living in this reality of who God is. Now, look at these Scriptures with me in Ephesians 4.15. The Scripture says, Paul writes, Speak the truth in love. What's he talking about? He's not talking about just telling the truth. He's talking about speaking about the truth that is in Jesus. And then Jesus says these words, You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. He's not talking about factual truth. He's talking about the reality of of living in who God is. You know, God is true. God is good. God is faithful. God cannot lie. And you and I are living in a world... That is so bogus and so false it's hard sometimes you know where is the north star how do you get your bearings jesus is the north star he's the bright and morning star and living in the truth is living in jesus and letting this truth live in us jesus says i am the truth and he said to pontius pilate the cynical governor of rome what is truth and jesus says i am truth and John, the old apostle, and near the end of his life, he writes these words, I have no greater joy than this, that to know that my children, and he's talking about his spiritual children, are walking in the truth. Isn't that, isn't that wonderful? And so I hope that we can use that truth about who God is, living in this realm of, of truthfulness that when you and I are living in God, we cannot lie. Because something very foundational has become a part of our life. And so when we start talking now about learning how to live without lying, let's not forget that. That's the foundation of truth. But you and I, are we know that we're living in a world where lying is in. A couple of weeks ago, I was in the grocery store and I was buying some blueberries and uh, I took this carton of blueberries and I plopped it down in my shopping cart and I was going on my way and I couldn't help but notice there was this crunching noise underneath my feet and it was blueberries all over the floor. I had dumped half the carton of blueberries all over the place and I was so upset at them because obviously they should have sealed the carton better. And so I was just crunching these blueberries. I was looking around for a grocer. There was nobody to be had. So I just took those blueberries and I just plomped them back down to where I found them. And I went on my way. Well, I wasn't even to the meat counter until I heard this voice. Now, I don't know about you, but I hear voices. <laughs> Before they carry me off with two white long coats, some, uh, let me explain. I hear the voice of God. And the voice of God, when I'm able to hear the voice of God, it's more like a whisper. And it's clear, it's crisp, it's direct, it's correcting and comforting. Very very clear. I hear most of the time voices inside of myself. All this conversation that I've had and going on all the time. And I also hear the voice of the evil one. Now the voice of the evil one is either luring and tempting or if you've yielded to it, accusatory and condemning. Points a finger at you. So when I was at the meat counter that day, <laughs> I heard this voice that said, you, you're speaking about honesty. And how honest was that? Now, I think that was the voice of God or conscience. How, was it, how honest was that? Just leaving the blueberries like that. So I went back to the scene of the crime, and uh, the blueberries were all cleaned up by some grocer, and, but the half carton of blueberries were still there. <laughs> And so I went back, and I got the blueberries, and when I checked out, I brought them to the checkout line, and I said to the clerk, well, I explained to her what had happened. And I said, I'll make good on the blueberries. And she said, mistakes happen. She smiled and took the carton away from me, and I got a full carton of blueberries. Now, that just seems like such a little thing, doesn't it? Just a small thing. But I think it's those little, little incidents all the time that helps us to discern, am I a person of truth and an honesty when no one else is looking? Am I just as straight and right as I am when I've got an audience? Lying is in style. Lying is in today. James Bryan Smith, in his book, says that there's two main things that make us lie. Fear of what will happen if we tell the truth and desire for personal gain if we lie. To say it another way, he says there's two reasons to lie. In order to get what we want and avoid something that we don't want. So we oftentimes are tempted just to shape the truth a little bit or maybe a lot. In terms of our favor. And the research tells us that lying is happening all the time. A study by Robert Feldman says that in a 10 minute conversation, you and I typically lie 3.3 times in 10 minutes. Well, 90% of us think we're better than average drivers, which is a lie. <laughs> David Callahan broadens the line to kind of this idea of cheating and cites these examples. There's the diagnosis shopping. Probably any medical doctor would be able to tell you this, that people might go to her or him. And we try to get an analysis for our kids uh, that puts them in a favorable light, that gives them more time in terms of performing on an SAT test, or someone likes some type of diagnosis that... Cr- Says that they're disabled when maybe they're not, but diagnosis shopping. We just kind of shop around till we find some doctor or some authority in whatever position we're looking for that will fudge a little bit on the truth. We're told that 25% of all resumes have gross misinformation on them, that 2 million Americans have illegal offshore bank accounts to avoid paying taxes. And there's about $6 billion lost on pirating cable TV. You know, one of the most disturbing things is that in a study, 59% of 2,000 American parents admitted to lying to their kids on a regular basis. Jimmy Kimmel, in his show, does a lie witness news. And we're going to watch this video clip that tells us about how people can be lying very easily out on the street. Let's watch. The finale to Dancing with the Stars was tonight. And, um, I'm sorry, what did I just say? Oh, no, the finale wasn't tonight. But we told people on the street the finale was tonight. The, the beginning of the show was tonight. So we, uh, we do this from time to time. We thought it would be fun to test some unsuspecting pedestrians. I sent a camera crew to, pretending to be a local news crew. And we asked people on Hollywood Boulevard, um, did you see the finale of Dancing with the Stars? Again, no finale tonight. So everyone's answer should have been, I couldn't watch it because it didn't happen. But as we've discovered over and over, people are very, very willing to lie on TV. And here's tonight's edition of Lie Witness News. What did you think of the finale of Dancing with the Stars last night? It was awesome. It was really great. I love to see them dance. I'm, I'm standing in front of my TV trying to, to do the moves too and uh, I liked it. I loved it. Yeah. Where did you watch the finale last night? Did I watched it at you? home. No. With anyone or? I was with my girlfriend. It was like easy night. At home. <laughs> Indoor. Good. Well, honesty is the key to any relationship. So. Yeah. How do you think um, Bill Nye's electric slide was? Was it dorky or? I thought it was I think it was adorable. Not dorky, but cute. Yeah. What did you think of his scandalous outfit? I I mean, that was surprising, but, I mean, you gotta entertain, so... Leah Remini dancing without her shirt on for her final number. Tasteless or artistic? I think tasteless. Where were you when you watched it? Oh, I was just at home, and I happened to see it, and I thought, whoa. Ruth Bader Ginsburg got a lot of points for her twerking number. Do you think it was sexy? Um, yeah, it was. It was hot, how they um, choreographed that together, so... It, it blew me away, kind of. Do you wish Peter Murgatroyd all the best with fighting off her Murgatroyd? Yes, definitely. Yeah. How do you think Jimmy Kimmel did last night? Um, he did pretty well, yeah. I think it was not the best one, but... Why not? I don't know. It was not much natural in the movement, but... How did Jimmy Kimmel do? Jimmy Kimmel? I'm not really a fan of his, but he did all right. He survived, you know. I, I'll, I'll give him up. A- one out of ten, I'll give him an eight. How would you describe Snooky style dancing? <laughs> Snookies. <laughs> she, it's just Snooky style. I don't know how to. How to yeah, it's daring. It's uh, dazzling. Um, it, it's a little catchy, a little edgy. I like it. Can you do the chicken thing that she does with her arms? <laughs> no, I haven't really seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sucking it up. <laughs> <of it. laughs> So, you're just lying to us? Yes. All right, well, you know what? So, we are prone um, when we don't want to look bad, when we are embarrassed to admit that we don't know something that we think everybody else should know, we'll lie. Uh, Lying is very, very common. Now, the words of Jesus that we're going to look at now is in sharp contrast to the values of our time. The words of Jesus are found in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5. And as you know, we're talking about how to learn to live like Jesus. We're working through the ethical teachings of Jesus in what's called the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And these are the words of Jesus when he speaks about the subject of truth-telling. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of ancient times, you shall not swear falsely, but carry out the vows that you made to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, for, or by the earth, for it is His footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great King. And do not swear by your head... You cannot make one hair white or black. Now, these words seem really strange to us, but in that day, people would do things like this. They would say, Well, you know, if you're swearing by the temple, you can fudge the truth. If you're swearing by the gold of the temple, you better be telling the truth. Not unlike us saying, Well, cross my heart and hope to die, or give me a stack of Bibles and I'll swear on them. Or if I put my fingers behind my back and cross them, I don't have to be telling the truth. In other words, people have been playing this game for a long time. The words change. But they were playing the game in Jesus' day, just as we play the game today. But to all this, Jesus says these words. Let your word be yes, yes, or no, no. Anything else, anything more comes from the evil one. So Jesus is telling us to be people of truth. Now, when I was a kid, I heard this scripture preached several different times, and I heard the preacher say, this means we're not supposed to take oaths in court. (laughs) Not at all. Jesus is recognizing that in a culture that we live in, oaths in court are necessary because unless we are under the fear of perjury, many of us will not tell the truth. But Jesus is saying this. You want to follow me? You want to be my disciple? you want to live in truth, then you're going to be a person that speaks truth whether you're under oath or not. Jesus kind of summarizes truth-telling with the idea of authenticity and simplicity. Transparency, being transparent in who we are. Not trying to complicate things, not trying to dance around truth, but being real and honest always, keeping it simple, without filters. I love the fact that kids don't have filters. A couple of months ago, I was up in the kids' check-in area, and there was a little girl that came up to me, and she said, Pastor Bob, you look different up close than you do up front. And I made the mistake of asking, how do I look different? And she said, you got more wrinkles. (laughs) Well, kids are honest. And we might say, well, you know what? We've got to teach our kids filters. But the problem is most of the filters that we teach our kids in our culture is teaching an innocent child how to lie and we do it kind of all the time without even thinking about it. And that's a sad thing. My father was one of the most truthful persons I ever knew. He always liked talking it straight. He had many faults. But by golly, his word was as good as a day is long. When he was dying of leukemia, I'll never forget the scene, the doctor walked into the room, and Dad said to the doctor, give it to me straight. And the doctor gave it to him straight. The news wasn't good, but we could deal with it. I think in so many ways, you and I owe it to each other to give it to each other straight, direct, person-to-person, There's a proverb that says, faithful are the wounds of a friend. What does that mean? Faithful is the friend that will say something that might hurt us, but not harm us. Now, what you and I rationalize oftentimes is, I'm not going to be completely honest with this person because I don't want to hurt their feelings, when the truth is, we don't want to go through the pain of that experience. Not being truthful and not saying straight stuff to someone in our life, especially a family member or a worker or a colleague or a friend, not being straight with them, not speaking truth in love with them, that isn't kindness. Wouldn't you feel better about someone that comes and talks to you directly, as painful as it may be, and what they have to say, than to find out later that they've talked to three or four other people about it? And so since the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, not being truthful, running from God, God comes walking up to us, and He's looking to us. And in that song that we sang earlier in worship, it's so true. We can just run into the arms of God, because the wonderful thing about God is, we can always be truthful with God. The truth, being truthful with God, never gets us in trouble. God knows the truth anyway. And the first person that you and I have to be truthful with is ourself. And that's why this, this wonderful idea of confession is so prevalent in our faith. That confession is coming clean. Confession is naming it. (laughs) And when you name it, it loses its power over you. There's nothing more powerful than secretive sins or things that we're pretending to be something and we're not. And God is calling us, inviting us to walk into truth. God is truth, and there's a great remedy for the falsehood of this world by living close with God. You live in God. God lives in you. You live in truth. God's truth lives in you. You cannot lie. And you are free. You're free indeed. Well, there's a couple of soul training exercises that uh, we're encouraging people to do this week. Do one of them. One soul training exercise is not to say anything for a day. That's the easiest way never to lie. (laughs) Just don't open up your mouth. (laughs) Now, I've done this recently for a couple of different times, and I'll tell you that when you're able to do this, You discover a lot of things about yourself. You discover all the times when you're really wanting to correct somebody else. You also learn to listen really, really well. And you recognize that you like to be in control and you like to shape conversations in the direction that fits, benefits you unless you're not like me. But when we're quiet, when we learn to listen, we learn to listen to our own spirits. Now that may not be an exercise you can do this week. You may have to go to work. You live with other people. You can't make that arrangement. Okay. Here's the other one. You just choose a day where you're going to tell the truth. A day without lying. And yet you've still got to talk. (laughs) And friends, it is really kind of amazing that when we get up with this sensitivity in mind, how we might have to check ourselves throughout the day. How we might catch ourselves fibbing or stretching or making something appear not exactly the way it is to our advantage. And when that happens on this day, you just say, to the person, well, you know what? What I just told you isn't exactly true. And when you do that, they'll probably think highly of you, more of you, not less of you. But the idea is this. They're not your ultimate audience. God is your audience. And when we live to the audience of one, when we live in truth, then we know how to be truthful with each other. There's a psychiatrist and a counselor, Henry Cloud, who uh, tells a story about being down in Louisiana. He's looking for some obscure place. He can't find it. And he stops off at this restaurant, and he talks to this waitress, and she says, oh, I, I know where that is. You just go down this road about five miles, and you, uh, you'll come to this dog lying in the grass this big dog and you just turn right where that big dog is and down the road two more miles it'll be on your left and cloud says excuse me you're having me depend upon a dog being there oh yeah the dog's always there he's always there you can depend on this cloud said this was the oddest directions he'd ever heard in his life. But sure enough, he drove those five miles down the road and there was that big old dog lying in the grass. He turned right and two miles down the road, the place was on the left. And then he says this, that dog had a pretty good track record. That dog must have been lying in the grass as long as the day was long. People, could depend on it. Would to God that this world was filled with a lot more people as dependable as that dog.